You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Sacramento Kings are looking to avenge the disaster against the Phoenix Suns with a win tonight at home against the Detroit Pistons. The first meeting between these two squads, Kings and Pistons. Kings taking on a team that is known for one thing over everything else, and that's rebounding. So it's going to be an interesting matchup for the Kings here in the Golden 1 Center, but we'll see if the Kings are coming in with a chip on their shoulder, with a fire under their ass, frustrated and angry and determined to bounce back after being really embarrassed by the Suns in that second half. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Locked on Kings podcast. This is your daily hub for Sacramento Kings coverage each and every single day. We have in-depth conversation and analysis highlights and exclusive interviews for you, including an interview that I have for you today. I just got off the phone with NBC insider for your Sacramento Kings, James Hamm, and he's going to provide a lot of great perspective for you on this head coach Dave Yeager and the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, saga or storyline, how big of a deal it is, or if it's overblown and overhyped and if fans really need to be concerned about the Kings potentially losing Dave Yeager to the Minnesota Timberwolves. He provides great, great stuff on on that he also wrote the article initially uh, that that talked about and shared Dave Yeager's comments on the potential Minnesota job. So there's that. We also have, uh, he's also going to provide some perspective on the Ennis Cantor trade, how far along those conversations are, and if he thinks Ennis Cantor is the right fit and the right pickup here for the Sacramento Kings. And finally, he'll also provide a little bit of, uh, of insight uh, for tonight's game as the Kings host the Detroit Pistons. My name is Matt George. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That is the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I work there as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist and reporter. I will be at the game tonight hoping to cover and see a Kings win and get them back to 500, but it's not going to be easy. The Detroit Pistons have a guy named Andre Drummond, a big man who absolutely clobbers the glass, and he is expected to have a big night tonight seeing as how uh, the Kings, you know how much I I, I appreciate Willie Cauley-Stein. I'm not nearly as negative and down on Willie Cauley-Stein as so many are. I know that makes a lot of people not like me and are frustrated with me and think that I'm just trying to push a pro-Willie narrative and, and trying to brush everything under the rug. I'm aware of his uh, ineptitudes. I'm aware of where he struggles, and a lot of it has to do with crashing the boards and keeping other bigs off the boards. Well, you saw what Steven Adams did to Willie. You saw what DeAndre Jordan did to Willie. And what did he say? Well, they're paid $100 million to do that. Well, here's another guy in Andre Drummond that's paid a crap ton of money to crash the boards. Andre Drummond is a monster and someone that the Kings are definitely going to have to keep an eye on tonight. But that's not all. You know Blake Griffin. You know what Blake Griffin can do. Spent so many years with the Clippers, meaning the Kings played him four times a year. When he's healthy, he's a dynamic threat. Uh, Of course, attacking the basket, he can put you on a poster really quick. He's also added more of an outside jumper to his game. So offensively, he's someone that you have to be concerned about. The Detroit Pistons, I believe, are a better team than what their record indicates as they are just uh, hovering under and around uh, 500, just like the Kings are. However, they are in the Eastern Conference versus the Kings being in the Western Conference. This is a game that you have to go out and get at home against another Eastern Conference opponent that's not weak by any means, and they do have advantages over you, but you are at home, and if you want to be considered a playoff team in the West, these are games you have to go and get. The Detroit Pistons are number four 
in the NBA, the fourth best NBA team in offensive rebounds per game. They average 11.9, so around 12 offensive rebounds a contest. We know how many offensive rebounds the Kings like to give up, and uh, the Detroit Pistons can really hurt you with second-chance points, so that could be, and I believe will be, the key to a Kings victory here tonight is keeping them out of those second-chance scoring opportunities. However, the uh, the Pistons are only 17th in the league in defensive rebounds, so they crash that offensive glass really, really hard. Uh, but defensively, they're also are they're not going to necessarily be the best team to box out, which is why I'm looking for aggressiveness from Nemanja Bjelica. I'm looking for aggressiveness from Marvin Bagley, who I know is going to be playing here tonight, uh, and Harry Giles if he gets some playing time. Costa Kufos, regardless, any of the bigs, really anybody, I'm looking for the Kings to try and crash the offensive glass hard themselves uh, to. Try Try and take advantage of the fact that the Pistons are in the bottom half of the league in defensive rebounding. Now, they are number 10 in the NBA in rebound differential, which means the majority of the time they're going to out-rebound you, and I think that's going to be the case here tonight against the Sacramento Kings. Offensively, though, uh, they're not the best team in the world. Number 24 offense in terms of points per game. The Kings are number 5 in that category, uh, but they are the number 14 defense, and we know the Kings are towards the bottom of the NBA defensively, so they have enough pieces to, to grind you out to win the game uh, on the glass and then get stops when they need to. So it's going to be an interesting test for these Kings here tonight. I don't have time to go into more detail than that because my my extended conversation with James Ham is coming up for you here next. You're really going to want to listen to each and every bit of this. James is a phenomenal insider with the Sacramento Kings. He provides perspective that you're not going to get anywhere else. Pleasure to be joined by Sacramento Kings insider from NBC Sports California and NBC Sports Bay Area. It is James Ham. If you do not follow James Ham and if you are a supporter of the Sacramento Kings, you need to on social media. It's at James underscore Ham. NBCS. He provides in-depth information, news that you're really not going to get anywhere else. Also, is a great locker room source, pre-game, post-game. Regardless, if there's Kings news, James is on top of it. He wrote a fantastic article uh, about uh, Dave Yeager's comments, so we're going to be just uh, talking about that, uh, the uh, potential of, of Jaeger being interested in coaching for the Minnesota Timberwolves in his hometown. Also uh, wrote a little bit about the Ennis Cantor uh, trade rumors with the Sacramento Kings. We're going to touch on all that here on the Lockdown Kings podcast. James, thank you so much for uh, coming back. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Sounds good, Matt. Thank, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with the uh, the the Dave Yeager news. Now, this season, I think Dave Yeager has gained a a, a bigger support group here in Sacramento and we know that he's turning heads around the league and has a lot of respect uh, around the league for what he's been able to do with this Kings team from last season to this season really in uh, in one summer. The Minnesota Timberwolves job opens up naturally because Minnesota is his hometown. Dave is immediately tied to it. Uh, one of the things that you said in your article, one of the things you quoted was that he said he is focused on right here, right now. So I wanted to ask you, first and foremost, being around and interacting with Dave, maybe more than anybody, uh, in your opinion, do you think he means that? Do you think he is completely 100% focused on this Kings t- uh, team right now, regardless of any news outside? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you really look at what this team has done this year, you've got to be really impressed with what he and his staff have been able to accomplish. I mean, they're winning games that... A lot of people didn't think they would. I mean, Vegas had them at 25 and a half wins on the season, and at the midway point, they're already at 20. Uh, they're pacing for a 40-win season. 
And, you know, you could have uh, won a couple of games over the last two weeks, probably a lot higher than that. I mean, I think he has a team going in the right direction. And uh, it's a team that he likes. And that's something that I've talked to him about quite a few times. It's just how much he enjoys the group of guys, how much talent level, where the talent level is, where he thinks it'll be in three, four, five years. Uh, you know, he really does believe that De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley are both star-level players. He loves Buddy Hill. He loves uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and what this team is, where this team is heading. And I think it would. Uh, this is a good fit for him. It's a good fit for the Kings. I like the stability factor, the fact that he's been here three years. Uh, I like the fact that they walk into a summer with stability when they have $60 million in cap space. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of things that need to be worked out between now and then, mm-hmm. including the fact that his staff doesn't have a contract after this year, uh, including the fact that he's only on a one-year deal after the 2018-19 season. And his ties to Minnesota are deep. His family lives there. His as far as his parents, uh, I think his brother lives in Minnesota still. Um, it, it's where he grew up. It's where he went to college. It's it's where he's always called home. He also interviewed for the job in 2014 with uh, with Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And so I think any time that that job comes open, you're always going to hear his name mentioned. But if he's in a good situation and he thinks that that situation is better than the situation there, there's a good chance that he he tries to stick around long-term. One of the things that I appreciate about the article and appreciate about Dave Yeager specifically is that he's not going to try and play coy with him paying attention to those rumors and the things out there. He says as much uh, in the article itself. But when I read initially the quote, now I wasn't there. Normally I'm there to hear the quotes uh, and get the the context of being there in person. But when I read it, uh, the the Kings fan in me and the Dave Yeager fan in me of the the fit here in Sacramento, there's a little bit of a a, a concern in the uh, the pit of my stomach with him saying right here. Uh, right now is that in your mind potentially a negotiation tactic by Dave Yeager or are we reading way too far into that you know let's be honest you never close any door in the NBA especially a door that that's like the Minnesota Timberwolves Uh, you know a door where they've got young talent where it's a place that you know that is home for you so you're never going to close that door and I and uh, I, I, to be honest with you, the Kings should be negotiating with him. Whether they are or not um, at this point, I, I don't think they are. Uh, but you don't want a coach walking into a summer as a lame duck. Yeah. And, you know, he's got uh, – he does have next year as his one-year deal. But at the same time, that's not comfortable in the NBA. That's not comfortable NBA life. I mean, we just saw Tom Thibodeau get fired two and a half years into a five-year deal uh, and I, I think it was reported a five-year, $40 million deal. So on his way out the door, he's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and for uh, for Jaeger, you know, the comfort of having an extra two or three years tacked on to the end of that deal, so at least he knows he's here for two or he's here for three, um, that's a big deal. And at the same time, again, his assistants would have to follow suit. They'd have to make sure that, that they're taking care of those guys as well. Um, so could it be a negotiating tactic? Maybe, um, you know, a, a savvy coach, a savvy agent for a coach would play it that way. Um, but you know, Minnesota could move on 
very quickly and bring in a guy like Fred Hoiberg, which yeah. they're interested in, and this thing could be for naught. Uh, I do think that, you know, if he is if he isn't locked up after this this uh, this coming 2019-20 season, I think things can get a, a little wild this summer with Jaeger. In your mind, how much does the Brandon Williams saga play into potential decision-making, and, and have we officially put that to bed? I know things have gone quiet. Brandon Williams has now been at games more and in the tunnel more. We've actually physically seen him there, and we haven't heard anything of bad interactions between the two of them. Uh, has that been put to bed, you think? I don't think completely. I don't think you ever get put you ever put something like that completely to bed. Um, you know, the NBA world is so is so difficult for a coach because – all these rumors, they hit you, they hit your family, they hit your friends, and you're constantly worried about, you know, when your time is up with a with the franchise. And so I, I think for Dave, it's, you know, that's one of those things that's always going to stick out. I apologize. I've got a fire truck somewhere around me. but um, <laughs> James is on uh, his way to shoot around right now for Kings and Detroit Pistons. So, James, kind enough to take the time while you're driving. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, oh, no problem at all. Uh, so, you know, it's it's one of those deals that I think is is a sticky situation. I don't think I don't think that the bad blood is completely gone, and I, I think that if Jaeger is going to be in Sacramento long term, he wants to know that the people in the front office and people in management um, that they're on the same page with him, that that they're walking lockstep, and that they're. Uh, they're moving forward together and not as sort of a, a scattered, shattered group. Uh, so I would say that that situation probably will take care of itself one way or another uh, as we move towards the end of the season and into the off season. I just don't know which way the Kings are going to go with all of their moves. Uh, and that's sort of you know the uneasiness that you get sometimes with this group. James, I'm not super familiar with uh, with tampering rules and, and contract breaching negotiations and uh, when it comes to uh, coach interviews. If, if the Minnesota Timberwolves were to offer Dave Yeager an interview, is he allowed to take it, and do the Kings have the power to, to block that interview, seeing as how he is under contract beyond this season into next season? Yeah, of course. The the Timberwolves would uh they're not allowed to broach that that subject at all with Dave Yeager. Um and and for that matter they're really not supposed to talk to a, his agent about that situation either. Um and if the Kings were to allow him out of his contract to go to Minnesota, um I, I'm sure that they would want something in exchange. Now we're talking about this summer. We're not talking about right now. Sure. Nothing's going to happen right now. Um and but I I mean if you're going to play hardball, you know, that makes sense. Uh, but I, I just think I think we're so far away from worrying about that. Um, again, they, they can't negotiate with him at all. He's under contract with the Kings. Um, and, and I also don't think, you know, Minnesota went out on a limb with Thibodeau and they gave him full control of their franchise, um, which, to be honest with you, there's only a handful of individuals that I think have ever earned that. Mm. Uh, and uh, I, I don't think it's a great idea in almost any situation. You know, I think Popovich has a huge amount of control with San Antonio Spurs, and uh, but he also has R.C. Buford on staff. Um, I, I think it didn't work out with, with Thibodeau, and it certainly didn't work out with uh, Stan Van Gundy in, in Detroit. 
so I think we're getting away from that, and Jaeger's not going to want that. So my point to that is that you're going to be comparing similar salaries. So when when you take on a dual role, you know you're talking about seven eight million dollars a year. When you're just a coach, uh, you're talking about four or five you know million a year. And I don't think that there's a huge separation in what the Kings could offer and what Minnesota would offer. Uh, and, and realistically, Minnesota, if if Jaeger wouldn't go there this summer, um, they're going to lock a coach up you know for three four years and and move forward with whatever they're doing. That doesn't mean that there aren't other positions that are available. You know, the Chicago Bulls situation uh, is is certainly uh, going to be available this summer, and I assume that there will be maybe three or four other coaching positions that are available as well because that's how the NBA works. Every summer there's, there's a handful of positions open. Um, so if it's not Minnesota, it certainly could be somewhere else if a long-term commitment isn't made to Jaeger. Uh, James, last thing for you on uh, this Dave Yeager coaching situation with Minnesota. I know you cover the Kings, but you tend to shoot straight from the hip in regards to all NBA conversation. In your mind, if Yeager were to sit down at a table and compare the Kings roster to uh, the Minnesota roster and and he had his pick of the litter and the pick of the two, do you think he'd still lean more towards staying in Sacramento with this unit that he has? Or is Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, and the other pieces in Minnesota enough, you think, to, to make him interested? No, I, I honestly, I've talked to him multiple times. He really does like the talent of this roster. And he's told me specifically, if you don't want to coach a 24-year-old, 25-year-old combo of De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley, then you're crazy. Mm-hmm. He thinks both of them will be star-level players. Uh, and, and so basically, if he's going to make a move, it would be strictly based on uh, – you know, I mean, talent would be part of it. You know, you want to go to a good situation, but it would also be based on other things. It would be based on being closer to home. Uh, it would be based on uh, the level of commitment from from the franchise where they're going with you. So, I mean, I, I really do think that if all things were considered equal, the Sacramento job for a lot of people at this point is really, really intriguing. And I'll say this about Jaeger too. We, we knew coming into this season and coming into past years that he's an incredible X's and O's guy, that coming out of timeouts, uh, into game situations outside of the, the loss in Phoenix, uh, Dave Yeager is one of the best in the league at, at scheming in those situations. But you're always worried that he was, he was a one-trick pony when it came to his offense and right. his, his style of play, and you thought he was a grit-and-grind guy. I think he crumpled up what you thought about him as a coach, and he threw it right in your face this season. What he's been able to do, the Kings are second in the league in pace. Uh, I, I think it's remarkable what he's been able to do as far as you know changing his stripes. But I'll also say this. If you don't see development in these Kings, then you're not looking at all. Uh, because De'Aaron Fox, the step he's taken, the leap he's taken is remarkable. Buddy Heald, the leap he's taken – is astronomical. Even the guy that everyone is on top of every single day, Willie Cauley-Stein, is averaging career highs and points, rebounds, assists, steals, and then it's played. I mean, every single person, every single young player on this team is showing signs of development, even a guy like Justin Jackson. Uh, we're seeing the, the strides that Harry Giles has made from the first 30 games to where he is today. Um, 
he really has, his staff and him have really brought along this team. And that's another thing that I don't think people thought he could do was develop young players. And it's, it's crazy what he's been able to do with this group. Well said, James. We had a Woj firecracker that dropped yesterday about the Kings being in negotiations with the New York Knicks and uh, being interested in the uh, the services of Ennis Cantor. And uh, Zach Randolph was the name that they that was brought up in the initial report of the the one that the Kings are trying to send back. Uh, the report also stated uh, that the Kings were interested in offloading some more salary to bring in Cantor. Uh, first and foremost, Cantor, the player himself, fill a lot of holes for this Kings team and immediately help them. Yeah, you know, Cantor's such an interesting player. Um, you know, you think, oh, he doesn't play any defense. But then I look at his his offensive rating and defensive rating stats, and they're actually incredible. They've been incredible for like five years. Um, and, and I don't think he's a lockdown defender. He's not a shot blocker. But he's such a good rebounder, which is one of the Kings' biggest areas uh, of need. And the other thing is he's, he's a really, really good post-scorer. And... While the NBA has slowly gotten away from that, the thing that stood out to me the second Marvin Bagley stepped on the court after missing 11 games was how much the Kings missed his the ability to feed somebody in the post and go get an easy bucket. Right. And Cantor's averaging over 66% around the rim. I think he took, of his 440, I think it's 444 shots, 274 of them came at the rim, uh, and, he's, and he's shooting a high clip. So he's really a refined scorer in what he does. And he's a guy almost like Zebo, where when a team goes on a run and you need a bucket to stop a run, you could always feed Zebo. Well, Zebo doesn't work with his team. We know that there's no way he could keep up with the pace of play. They'd be dragging him up and down the court. I mean, I think you'd have to like put Frank Mason out there and have him literally throw – uh, Zebo on his back and piggyback him up and down the court to keep up. Um, but you know what I'm saying? He's a young guy that could fit a very similar role as to what you were able to get out of Zebo outside of the three pointers. Um, but the Kings front line is already really, really crowded, and I just don't know how you fit him in unless you're making some other moves. And that would mean Costa Coop is finding a new address. That would mean you know, less minutes for development for a guy like Harry Giles uh, and, and, you know, a split situation with a guy like Willie Cauley-Stein. You're always on top of things, James. Have you heard how advanced these talks are? Are they in the very beginning stages in your mind? No, I think they're they're pretty beginning stages, but I also think that these things could happen any time. Um, the one thing I'll point out is that you know, the Kings have the opportunity here right now at this trade deadline to improve their team, to take a couple of gambles on a guy like Cantor because it's it's a very low risk. He's only under contract till the end of the season. Right. He'd hold his Larry Bird rights, but that's not even a big deal because you have so much cap space anyways. Um, but for me, take a couple of steps. See if you can find the pieces. See if you can find a couple of players to help this team get over the hump and really build some excitement for this group. Uh, and, you know, as far as how close it could it is, you know, I think it's one of many deals that the Kings are discussing right now, and I, and I think that something will happen before between now and the trade deadline, but that thing could go sideways in two seconds and be over, and it could happen in like, you know, wow, that just happened. I, I can't believe this just happened. Um, but the thing I'll continue to point out is that the Kings 
are going to be players because they have $11 million in cap space, and they have, I think it's $37 million in expiring contracts. And they, while they don't have any first-round picks to give up anytime soon, they can give up a 2021 first-round pick. Um, they do have two second-round picks this year and three in each of the next two years. Yeah. So they could actually use those as assets. So I think something could happen, uh, whether it's with cancer or with other players, but it could happen pretty quickly. Final thing for you, James. The Kings coming off of, in my opinion, the worst loss of the season in Phoenix. They are looking to bounce back tonight at home, their first meeting with the Detroit Pistons. Kings have struggled with rebounding all season long. They're taking on a Pistons team that has Andre Drummond and a great rebounding core. They're actually number four in the NBA in offensive rebounds per game. What are your expectations for this game here tonight, and what what kind of Kings team do you expect? Are you expecting an angry chip-on-their-shoulder bounce-back Kings squad tonight? Well, I hope so. Um, you know, the one thing I'll point out is that they're going to get uh, both Iman Shumpert and Marvin Bagley back, from what I know. Uh, so you're going to have some reinforcements. And I especially think that Marvin Bagley helps in this situation against a team that has a guy like Blake Griffin. Uh, he's also an exceptional rebounder, Bagley is. Um, so I, I think that helps the club. Um, but they need to figure out what ails them because uh, what have they lost? Five out of six games. Um, they're hovering just below the 500 mark and they have this three game set at home, but then they're on their, their season long six game road trip. Uh, the other thing is that they're playing, what is it? The first, the next three games are all the team that they're playing is on the second night of a back to back. These are opportunities that you just can't give away. If you're a Kings team that has any aspirations for, for the playoffs. And I'm not saying they're going to be there. Um, but if you look at their schedule, they have a couple of soft spots, including right now, even the six-game road trip. They have soft spots in their schedule. Uh, I know there's an eight-game stretch in March that all winnable games where they really could keep in this in this conversation all the way down the stretch if they make a couple of right moves and if they figure out how to win late in games, which has been the biggest struggle for this team. James, thank you so much for uh, coming on. That is James Ham, NBC insider for your Sacramento Kings. Kind enough to take the time. I'll see you at the arena tonight. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. Huge thank you to James for being kind enough to take the time to appear on the podcast here today. He was driving on his way to the Golden 1 Center to be there for shoot-around before tonight's game. He will be at the game, and he's a great follow for everything Kings news. I look forward to being able to to thank him and and chat with him in person uh, at the G1C tonight. If you are going to the Golden 1 Center and want to come by and say hi, I would love to see you. Let me know. You can reach me on Twitter, at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can also email me, mgeorgesacklocalmedia.com. If you're going to be there, tell me where you're going to be or uh, where you would like to meet, and I'll do everything in my power to be there uh, and be able to meet you. If you're coming early, that would be awesome because I am hosting game night from uh, or for Sports 1140 KHDK uh, from 5.30 to 6.30. We do that show live on the concourse by Section 110 and the Tower Record Sign, also by the King's Team Store. Uh, so if you're coming that way and you're going to be there before 6 30 why don't you come by come to the table and say hi you can stay and i'll chat with you during a commercial break or just wave at me as you pass by i've had fans flash the locked on kings uh podcast on their phone at me before which which 
just brings a smile to my face. So I would love to be able to see you uh, and chat with you in person. And thank you in person for listening to this podcast. Another way that uh, you can help me out if you feel so inclined uh, is by leaving a review either on the iTunes store, which is really the best way to do it, or wherever you listen to this podcast. If there's an uh, area where you can leave a review, whether it's out of five stars or actually leave comments of what you like, what you don't like, improvements that you want to see, anything like that, that really helps us out. So please, 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 if you are a lawyer listener, uh, take the time to review the podcast and anything is fair game. You don't have to be always positive. You can add some negativity. You can add some things that you, some notes, things that you'd like to see change, topics that you'd like to see covered. It's all fair game. It helps us improve. And ultimately we're just trying to get better every single day as a podcast and as a podcast network to make sure this is the hub for you and for King's conversation. I will see you at the game tonight. Hopefully we're talking about the a King's win tomorrow on the podcast. I'll be back with highlights and, and full breakdowns uh, and more. Also be sure to uh, either before the game or really the best time is after the game. If you want to be featured on tomorrow's podcast, uh, you can give our locked on Kings voicemail, a call 909-566-0232. Why don't you do that after the game, win or lose, share your thoughts and you have a chance to be featured on the podcast tomorrow. See you tonight. If you're going to be there, if not, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to the locked on Kings podcast, part of the locked on podcast network. You are locked on Kings. Your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.